Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a petulant toddler to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. And this is a bit of a special episode this time because we're actually in the same room together. I can see Jim's face from where I am. (laughs) Normally we record this via the wonders of the internet, uh, about 50 miles apart, something like that. Um, So there might be a slightly different audio quality to it this time. It's been... It's actually been quite fun seeing each other's smiling faces <laughs> across the table where we are at Fallacious Studios right now. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week across the table in each other's faces is the hasty generalization, also known as an argument from small numbers, leaping to conclusions and converse accident fallacy. So a hasty generalization is when you use a small sample size or the first example that you find of something and then assume that all things that share one aspect of that share all of the traits of it. So if you just test one part of a sample of a, of a large group of people and, and you find one trait that they, that, that small sample has in common, you assume all the people in that group share that trait. And it's basically where stereotyping comes from. It's the quick method of knowing something about a group of people that you've never met before. (laughs) It's it's the beginnings of prejudice, basically. (laughs) Okay. So given Trump's predilection for prejudice and stereotypes, obviously it does come up in his speeches. And actually the most notable one and the one that tends to get pulled out as an example of hasty generalization from Trump is right from when he first announced his candidacy. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> Trump is, is obviously here saying a, a general thing about Mexicans as a whole, about yeah. immigrants really, but specifically in this case about Mexicans. And and he can probably cite and has cited in the past specific instances, specific cases of particular illegal immigrants who have committed crimes. Right. And in fact, in the kind of the, the closing moments of the um, race towards the midterms, right. the Trump campaign released a, a, a video, an advert, for their for the Republican Party basically saying vote for us, which focused on one particular illegal immigrant who had killed some policemen. Right. Yeah. And was saying, look, the Democrats let this person in, which wasn't true. And <laughs> right. and who else are they going to let in? It's kind yeah. of it's the beginning of a slippery slope. But it was also saying, look, this is what immigrants are like. You don't want more of them. So by doing that, he is he is saying that generalizing that 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 thing that you can sometimes say about one person in a group is true of all the people yeah. in the group yeah even though he says at the end but i assume there's some good ones amongst yeah. that yeah he's you know, allowing for the odd exception yeah but if, but but so given the numbers game that he's playing 
it's just as true for him to say, actually, so there are one or two good people, so the rest of them are good. He, can he say ought that. to be yeah. doing he, that's that he's he's choosing to focus on the bad guys because that serves his purposes. But he's kind of you know in the interest of balance, saying, "Well, I must be one or two good ones." No, there are only one or two bad ones. Yeah, yeah. If you have a a, a small sample size of anything, basically, if you if you don't put enough effort into finding out about a group, yeah, of whatever it is, people yeah. or anything, then you don't you can't necessarily make a conclusion yeah. based on what you found if it's just a small sample size it's yeah. why when people do randomized controlled trials they need to have a large number of people involved large number of in of, order to of be people a, they're studying a, a, to be robust to, yes to make sure yeah. that it is a, a valid thing that they are concluding andrew wakefield who caused the whole vac- vaccine scare from yeah. autism he based his conclusions on nine individual cases oh that was what with the the study that was published in the Lancet that that he concluded that these particular people who had had problems following following vaccine there was also issues that he was um, being paid by a um, a company oh, right. who made an alternative okay. vaccine okay. That, that that complicated things as well yeah. but the actual study peer reviewed as it was had had such a small n number um, that it was really worthless to to yeah. generalise from so, that yeah. to. So it's, it's illegitimate to scale up to absolutely. say this therefore applies to absolutely everybody. Yeah. It ignores the fact that there are exceptions yeah. in groups. Yeah. Even if you can say something that is broadly true of the group, there are going to be people in that group who aren't yeah. like that. And if you if the people that you happen to be looking at are those exceptions, yeah. then you're making a very bad yeah, yeah. decision. So it's a bit, it's a, is it like. a bit cherry picking? In, so it's, it can be cherry picking if you're doing it deliberately. Right. So, which arguably Trump, Trump is. is in this yeah, case, yeah, but he's yeah. not. Uh, when when you look at a group and you and you choose particular individuals and you say, look, this is this is true of these individuals, yeah. you're cherry picking because you're not giving the information that those are exceptions. Right. In this case, he's not doing that. He's saying that um, they're all like that, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, well he's kind of implying that, isn't he? So yeah. They yeah. only send the bad ones, but then it gets to the end of the list and in the, <laughs> you know, for the. Uh, in this kind of um, impartiality thing. He goes, oh, yeah, well, they'll send us some good ones as well. Because he's talking about the negative, um, you know, the people that are uh, bad guys, drugs, they got drugs and they're murderers. Some of them are rapists. Um, You kind of uh, buy into that because that plays into the whole thing about fear and you think, oh, yeah, no, that's really, which he's very good at, that's the thing to concentrate on you latch onto that rather than think than thinking what they're sending are surgeons judges um you know experts in social cohesion (laughs) or all that kind of stuff even it doesn't even have to be that it can just be people who are law-abiding who are prepared to do jobs that americans aren't prepared to do and pay taxes net positive yeah yeah. for america yeah yeah um yeah so it doesn't they don't need to be you know the the best of society. Yeah. They just need to be not the worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in fact, what you see when you look at the figures is because there is this danger of if you attract attention from law enforcement, you're going to get deported. The immigrant community typically has a much lower crime rate than the general population. Yeah. So the um, the Public Policy Institute of California 
They looked at the statistics for men aged 18 to 40, which is the most commonly incarcerated age group and right. demographic. And in California, where obviously there's going to be more immigration from Mexico, 17.2% of the non-incarcerated population are Mexican-born non-US citizens, which is pretty high. Yeah, yeah. That's almost yeah. one in five of the entire People population of that age, male, males 18 to 40, yeah. who, are, who are just, yeah, out in the general population, yeah. are, are non-US citizens from Mexico. Yeah. In prison, only 2.9% of that age group are Mexican-born immigrants. Yeah, yeah. So unless they're just not being caught in the yeah. same numbers, which seems <laughs> unlikely... They're yeah. not committing crimes at no. the same level as as American citizens are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. Just to to um, clarify on hasty generalization, mm -hmm. there is there is a similar fallacy, which is um, the fallacy of composition, right. which is where something um, you look at one aspect of something and assume that the the whole that is made up of those things shares that trait. Right. Yeah. So, for example, if you had a car where the tyres were made in Germany, then if you assumed the entire car was made in Germany because of that, yeah. that's a fallacy of composition because you're okay. looking at a whole yeah. thing that's yeah. made up of lots of parts yeah. and, and you assume that the traits of one of the parts means that's the traits of the whole. Yeah. Whereas with hasty generalization. In that instance, you would be assuming that because the tyres were made in Germany, all of the other parts of the car were also made in Germany. Right. As okay. opposed to the car as a whole, which yeah, would be yeah, put together yeah. somewhere else from parts yeah. made in Germany. Yeah. And so, and if you didn't particularly like the way that the Germans made tyres, because they're not Pirellis, mm -hmm. for instance, you could denigrate the whole of the structure of the car based on the fact, hastily generalising, yeah. that the, uh, the German particularly German-made tyres, actually meant that the whole of the car was rubbish. Yeah. Whereas actually it's just the tyres. Or you could assume, for example, that because the Italians make good tyres, they must make good cars. Really good cars, yeah. Which, as, as Alfa Romeo yeah. owners will <laughs> attest, is not the case. Whereas Ferrari owners... Yeah. 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 See, sometimes you just can't generalise. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner... The nice thing about doing this podcast is that you can go through the pain and awfulness of current British politics with a slightly detached ear, um, and rather than rant and rail about the how awful it all is, you can just go, "Is that an example of a uh, an exact example of that?" And actually, the the now that Boris is out of mainstream politics, he just kind of comes in every time he thinks there's an opening for him to bid for the next leadership um, the position. That most of the British politicians are very good at not doing hasty generalisations. So I did look at Philip Hammond, who is the Chancellor of the Exchequer. He was tasked with reporting on the findings that the Bank of England had um, published, which were how we would be off economically in Britain as a result of the deal that Theresa May has um, uh, brokered with the EU versus no deal at all versus staying in the EU. Basically, <laughs> we're going to be worse off with every single deal or a no deal than if we stayed in the EU. 
uh, but nobody is doing any kind of big spinning um, and hasty generalizing. You know, I was listening to Philip Hammond's report, listening to Mark Carney, the uh, control of the Bank of England report, even Jacob Rees-Mogg, God help me, um, his rejoinder to Philip Hammond's report, and none of them do the hasty generalization thing. Um, so I had to go back to good old Michael Gove, who, uh, who part of his Leave campaign video did this. David Cameron now claims Turkey won't join the EU, but that's not what he said before. This is something I feel very strongly, very passionately about. Together, I want us to pave the road from Ankara to Brussels. We are giving £2 billion to Macedonia, Serbia, Albania, Montenegro and Turkey to join the EU. You can't trust David Cameron on Turkey. If you want to save the NHS, vote leave. So there's the uh, the hasty generalisation. This is kind of it's also almost a non sequitur because the uh, oh, incidentally, the noises of kind of chaos and furore in the background is the Turkish um, Parliament, and they're using that as an example of how chaotic the whole. Of, of, but if you listen to Prime Minister's questions, it's not dissimilar. Um, the videos, it's great to watch. It's a bit like watching Berlusconi's Italian parliament because people are leaping across the, the tables and throwing things at each other. And so what the Leave campaign is trying to draw the conclusion f- uh, from and to is that David Cameron is saying, having said after this thing that he's just said, which is we want to pave the way for Ankara to join the EU, basically the Turkish and all the, uh, the states around that part of Europe um, were all being wooed to join the EU. Um, Cameron subsequently said they're not going to join the EU. It's a mistake to even think that they are and to use that as part of any kind of campaigning to say that we ought to get out of the EU. Even Boris famously said, do you want Turkey to join the EU? And he said, yes, but only if we've left. <laughs> part of the... The thing is, we're, so we're paying $2 billion. So the, the thing about, it seems to me, about hasty generalisation is that you pick on a figure and then that leads you to a conclusion. But they're completely unsubstantiated and there's no other evidence other than this figure. They're saying we're paying $2 billion. Well, in what way? Where does it come from? Why? To, for all of these states around Turkey to join the EU. And then it says, if you want to save the NHS, vote leave. So the the... The non sequitur bit, the un, the the implied bit is we could be spending that two billion on the NHS. If we spend it to get Turkey to join, then we it won't be available for the NHS. So I think there's there's a, the hasty generalisation is it's dangerous for them to join. Vote leave. So is the is the generalisation the fact that you can't trust him on the other things he said? So therefore, you can't trust him on. Well, I think there's Anything. a whole... Where's well, the generalisation? I don't know. I think the generalisation is that whatever happens, that if we get Turkey in, that will be bad for the NHS. And also the generalisation is that you should vote leave. But I, don't see, is... I don't see where the generalisation is. <laughs> <laughs> I see the non sequitur. Yeah, all right. But, yeah, yeah. But the generalisation needs to have something which is an example of something, oh, right? yeah. a, a sample or a small yeah, yeah. part of it, yeah. which which then is assumed that all things that are like that share that 
set of traits. Right. So I can see how if um, if you're saying that the, because the person on the on the advert said you know you couldn't trust him on Macedonia and, and all of these things, yeah. therefore essentially yeah. the implied thing is you can't trust him overall at all because you yeah, can't yeah, trust yeah, him yeah, on yeah, one yeah. thing. Okay. That's so, kind yeah. of a generalization. Yeah, yeah. So the so you're choosing one example of a thing and you're generalizing that any other occurrence of this thing will be equally They're as They're going to share the negative thing that you've yeah. attributed to. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, well, maybe this is a good time to play the other um, clip from those politically aware presenters of the Grand Tour. Um, <laughs> so Jeremy Clarkson... So we're not, uh, we don't want to do that in Fallacy in the Wild. Oh, OK. No, let's do it now. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, we've got other examples for Fallacy in the Wild. OK. Um, but these are... so. I would maintain that um, Jeremy Clarkson is the most successful right-wing comic <laughs> in television. So I agree. He, uh, he, I can't believe we're doing Top Gear in, I know, I know, in, yeah. in, the, in the British politics well, a bit. But, but, okay, it that's is, fine. but it kind of reflects it, because he is a big yeah, supporter of the, the, the right-wing politics. <laughs> but, uh, however, he did come out as a Remain, purely on the basis that it would be much more difficult for them to get travel visas. Um, if we left. Yeah. Um, so his example is not very political, <laughs> but it is taking a, one example of something and then generalising that, as it turns out, to the world. <laughs> the thing is, though, OK, even though a Jaguar is an international get-out-of-jail-free card, very few people actually ever buy one. I mean, who here has got a Jag? One, two... Only three people in Britain <laughs> drive Jaguars. So he does. He cuts out. He even cuts out the middle bit. It says he cuts out the. There are three three people in the audience. Therefore, there's a very small percentage of the entire British Isles who own a Jag. He just yeah. goes from yeah, the three people in Britain. The audience, so all the people that own them are in my audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, obviously it's for comic effect, but that mm. is exactly what he's doing is, is, is he's, he's taking this sample, which is the studio audience and extrapolating that, generalizing that across the entire UK population. Yeah. And saying yeah. That this is this, this audience not only represents the UK population, they, the people, the three people in the audience who have Jaguars are the only ones yeah, yeah. in yeah. the UK. So yeah, but obviously for comic effect, so we can let yeah. him get away with that. The Prime Minister's claim is frankly a fallacy. In the, wild. the Prime Minister's claim is frankly a fallacy. In the wild. There we go. Okay. There's um, David Corburn <laughs> and uh, Talking Heads. Okay. Um, doing, doing Wild Wildlife. So in the Fantasy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fantasy of the Week from a non-political perspective, using a bit of pop culture. Um, I'm not sure you could describe this this one as pop culture. It's going back a bit. Um, <laughs> this is... Um, oh, yeah, it was, it was pop culture in the 60s. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. But where else is it? Yeah. Sure. Just, yeah. So this is uh, an episode of Batman yeah. from uh, from the original series with Adam West. And what happens just before this clip is that Catwoman scrapes her nails across something which appears to be some kind of poison okay. and then um, touches Batman and Robin with her with her long nails. Holy Heidelberg, what'd you do that for? 
I'm afraid we've been drug-dropping. I guess you could never trust a woman. You made a hasty generalization, Robin. It's a bad habit to get into. But in this situation, it's entirely apropos. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, it is a it is a hasty generalization for Robin to say that you can never trust a woman. Yeah. Just because this because particular one, who is a, a foe, yes, and happens to be female, had uh, uh, utilised her cat-like nails, claws probably, yeah, to yeah. Uh, poison them. Yeah, it's a bit of a hasty. Yeah, gem- I it don't is know. Yeah, in this situation, entirely apropos. <laughs> <laughs> As, uh... Hasty or not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So absolutely, small sample size. You're just basing basing your decision on one person and assuming that's true of all women. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not not logically valid. So, moving on to our next example is an episode of Friends, and Chandler has been to visit Joey's tailor. Joey's tailor <laughs> took advantage of me. <laughs> what? No way. I've been going to the guy for 12 years. Hey. Oh, come on. He said he was going to do my inseam, then he ran his hand up my leg, and then there was definite... What? Cupping. <laughs> That's how they do pits. First they go up one side, they move it over, then they go up the other side, they move it back, and then they do the rear. Ross, will you tell him? Isn't that how a tailor measures pants? Yes, yes, it is. In prison! So, (laughs) Joey has limited experience of going to the tailor. He has only one example of tailors. He's been going to the same tailor for 12 years, so since he was probably like... Twelve-ish, I guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and he doesn't. He is assuming that all tailors do the same thing. Ah, uh, yeah. He's yeah, generalizing yeah, yeah, yeah. to to that's how they do pants. Yeah. That's how tailors measure you. Yeah, because that's his only experience. Yeah, um, and he's using a small sample to make that gen- yeah, yeah. that generalization. Well, it's not a hasty generalization if he's been doing it it's, for twelve years. It's hasty in the sense that you need more information. You need to okay. to, to yeah, yeah. gather more information before you can make that assumption yeah. that that is how everyone does measure yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. We we all kind of have this this cognitive bias where we assume that other people's experience is the same as ours. Yeah. Um, and when we do have a very limited experience of a thing, it is natural to assume that everyone sees it in the same way for example if you have a bad experience with an insurance company if you if you try and make a claim and they don't pay out yeah. then it's it's understandable if you think well just all all insurance companies are just trying to to avoid making a payment yeah 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 because um, yeah. it goes along with not only your own personal experience but kind of things you hear from other people yeah. when they've had problems but obviously it's likely that the people who have problems are the ones who are going to talk about it yeah 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 um and That's so the whole when, basis of, of uh, trust pilot. So yeah, it's it's completely normal for us as humans to to yeah. assume that our experience is universal. Yeah. But actually, you'd need to remember when you're going through life that that actually you can't necessarily generalize your own experience out to everyone. Or indeed, if if you haven't got a lot of experience in a particular area, that the the little experience you have is is representative of everything. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the the thing that 
powers the advertising for if you swap um, insurance policy brokers you will save 483 pounds yeah. a year and then he says you know based on a Up survey to, yeah. of four yeah. people yeah so, yeah so if, but you that, just that buy is into absolutely that. the thing it, de- it depends how many people you survey if you have mm-hmm. a, a set of of uh, in the UK for example our population's about 68 69 million mm-hmm. something like that um when if they do a phone survey yeah. to find out who's going to vote a particular way or or to find out who likes a particular kind of product yeah. and they survey 100 people that's not going to give you a very good example even if they try and make that survey demographically relevant to to the UK the the larger that sample becomes the more you can rely on it to say this is a true thing yeah. about this yeah. population yeah um, but at, at small sample sizes, which is which is why this uh, an alternative title for this is an argument from small numbers. Mm. Um, mm. It, it, small sample sizes, you can't make an assumption that what you have found is the rule rather than the exception. Yeah, you need to question the 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 source, the 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 polling number. Yeah. So in order to counter something like Trump's. You know they're only sending the bad Mexicans. You you think well, you know, okay, how, how many bad Mexicans have you counted, and how many Mexicans have come across the border? So you you in order to counter it, you'd need to say, okay, how many are you sampling from the the large number? Yeah, and why are you drawing? So so you can't legitimately draw the conclusion that you're drawing. From those tiny numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing is, it's not only the size of the sample, mm. but how you collect that sample as well. Right. If you wanted to, for example, find out how often people go to the cinema, yeah. and what you did was stand outside a cinema <laughs> and ask people coming out how often yeah. they go, yeah. what you're getting is a biased sample. Yeah. You're finding... Of people who come to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how often do they go? Yeah. If you if you ask people generally, you might find it's a lower a, yeah. a lower number. Yeah. Because there's some people who don't go to the cinema yeah. much at all. So yeah, it is it's really important how you take the sample, who you're sampling. If you if you either get a very small sample or a biased sample, then you're not able to effectively generalize that out to a whole book. There used to be that uh, advert for cat food, which was eight out of ten cats. Prefer whiskers. Prefer whiskers. And you think, well, they had to modify that to eight out of ten cats whose owners expressed a preference, <laughs> yeah. which is the equivalent of standing outside the cinema. You know, yeah. the, um, how many people go to the cinema of a survey taken outside a cinema yeah. versus of a survey taken outside an opera house? So one of the other names for the hasty generalization is the converse accident fallacy. And right. the reason for that is that there's another fallacy called the accident fallacy. Which oh, okay. is the opposite of this. It's nothing this. to do with falling over in your high-top training shoes. It's not, no. Okay. So the accident fallacy is where you assume that a thing that is generally true is also true of every specific case within the oh, okay. collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. for example, lying is wrong. Therefore, there's no possibility, there's no option where lying is right. There aren't any right. possibilities. There are, you know, each individual case, lying is always wrong. Yeah. Um, that's a fallacy because sometimes there are exceptions to rules. Yeah. So, so the accident fallacy assumes there are no exceptions okay. to a rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going from a general. You're going case, from general down to specific. Down to specifics, which means that 
Oh, okay. So when politicians say, I can't possibly comment on a specific example, when being asked about what's the general trend, what they're doing is is countering the accident fallacy. Sometimes that might be the case, yeah. 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 So if, if they are if they know something about the the general population yeah. um and then they're being asked to comment on a specific case yeah. they don't actually know about that case, yeah. They yeah. might they might actually be, be using that validly. Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. yeah, I don't know about the specific incidents. Yeah. So yeah, that's the accident fallacy. And so the converse accident fallacy is going to go the other way, yeah, go from specific to general. and then ramping it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that's interesting, isn't it? Because that the never thought about that, that that is actually a fallacy when you think you hold that where something is held to be generally true, therefore you ought not to look at any specific case. Yeah, I mean... Because it's, because it's going to be true. Uh, you know, it's going to, it, it's going to... The same circumstances are going to obtain for a... going yeah. to pertain for a, an individual case. You might say, for example, that men like sport. That's generally held to be true. That is yeah. a, a stereotype of men. Yeah. I'm a man, not that into sport. Really yeah. couldn't give a shit about sport. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> so if, if Unless you, England are involved. If, yeah, if you were the, looking... And it's the World Cup. If you were looking at... No, even then, I don't care. Right. Um, <laughs> if, if you're looking yeah. at me and see that I'm yeah. a man and therefore assume I'm into sport, yeah. which people do, because, you know, if you meet another bloke and and start up a conversation, one of the things that comes up is what team you support. support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and at which point I say I don't really follow sport. Oh, I used to support Chelsea in the <laughs> 1970s. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Or the, or the other example is um, cannabis use is generally a bad thing. It's frowned, it, you know, cannabis is used by drug addicts. But then there was that specific case of the kid who had epileptic seizures and the only thing that could treat him was cannabis oil. And because of the general thing in the UK that because cannabis is only used by drug abusers, it is therefore the use is banned. Yeah. They banned him from using it, which yeah. which actually there was a petition to allow him to get it on mm-hmm. prescription and the the Home Secretary in Britain allowed that to happen, which kind of opened the doors for you know, cannabis oil being used for therapeutic yeah. stuff. So we will probably talk more about the accident fallacy on a future episode. But um, yeah, that, that's the basis of it. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. And going on last week's experience, do it successfully. Yeah. Which I'm very buoyed by the yes. whole, whole experience. Uh, well, you are currently at 25%. <laughs> yeah. And you have an opportunity this week to go up to 31%. Oh, my God, that's great. So that's would, a... would you be approaching chance <laughs> at that point? <laughs> we, should, if we, if we should try and make a hasty generalisation. So if I get up to, what is it, 31%. 31%. Yeah, if, if you get the, this one and the next one right, yeah. then you'll be above chance. Okay. Be, yeah. Excellent. So, so the, and what is the hasty generalisation? The hasty generalisation is that I'm really very good at this. Based on last week? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but 
Based on last week, it's likely that you'll get them all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, like, so, there's no, there's no way I can fail. So the uh, the theme this week, okay, is that Trump doesn't seem to know what a saying is, what an expression is, right? What's a popular thing to say? Yeah. So he just kind of randomly, get out much. yeah, he doesn't. So, um, well, let's just it'll become clear. Okay. So uh, did he say mm-hmm. number one? Yeah. I think the press was very, very tough on Rick Perry, but certainly I would think he would be the first to admit that it wasn't his finest hour, or as the expression goes, two hours. It doesn't go. <laughs> or did he say number two? Right. Yeah. Hopefully China is going to be very happy. I think mm-hmm. we will be happy. And as the expression goes, when you're losing $500 billion a year on trade, you can't lose the trade war, you've already lost it. That's That goes trippingly off the tongue, doesn't it? Or... yeah. Did he say number three? Yeah. I don't need advisors to tell me about tariffs. Some people do, Hillary would, but I advise myself. Nobody knows more about trade than me, and as the expression goes, I have a very good brain. I've only said that today, actually. <laughs> I have a very good brain. As the expression, what? It, what? So as none the of, expression none goes. None of these things are expressions. <laughs> no. And that, it's, that, it's that whole thing that he does where he just kind of runs up to something absurd by saying, as we all know, or many people tell me, or as the expression goes, <laughs> and then and he says something, and you're left with this, instead of just going, that isn't the expression, you're left with, why don't I know that expression? And yeah. there, I had more examples of this that I could have used, <laughs> so we might have a part two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Right, so it's very, 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 very tough. As the expression goes, two hours. It wasn't his finest hour, or as the expression goes, as we all know, and we found ourselves saying only this morning to us. Well, that, yeah, that's how I think the, well, yeah, given his, his thinking that he's the best guy that to, to do a deal ever in his transactional politics, which I think is very kind of um, the commentators, Hopefully China's going to be happy. I think we'll be happy. As the expression goes, when you're losing 500 billion a year on trade, you got perhaps that's a Confucian thing literally translated from the Chinese that we've just, you know, we've not come across. You've already lost it. I don't need I think number three is true because I have a very good brain is very Trump. Um, I know all the best words. I have a very good brain. I think press is very, very tough. Right? I think you made up. Though I do want him to say number two. God damn it. I think I, uh, I think you made up. I think number one is the one you made up. Okay. So you think that number two is real? Yeah. Mainly because I just want him to have said it. <laughs> and number two is yeah. real. <gasps> Hopefully China's going to be happy. I think we will be happy. And as the expression goes, when you're losing $500 billion a year on trade, you can't lose the trade war. You've already lost it. <laughs> what expression is that? <laughs> what is the expression it's goes? Expression. It's, a, oh, it's like, you know, yeah, put a cat amongst pigeons or as the expression goes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, <sighs> yes. Right. That's um, great. That's, that's good. I'm very glad he said that. <laughs> right. And you think number three is real? I do. And number three 
mm. is fake news. Oh, man. I'm afraid he didn't say that. Oh, that's very convincing. Which means he did say, number one, number one is real. I think the press was very, very tough on Rick Perry, but certainly I would think he would be the first to admit it wasn't his finest hour, or as the expression goes, two hours. (laughs) It's just... What? It's really not clear what he was going for there. No, no. It was it's that kind of thing of saying, well, as I always say. Like, but what? It doesn't lend it any more legitimacy. It just made it up. That's, oh, yeah. No, well, you see, I see what you did there with the other very good brain. You've hoodwinked me into think because that's a very Trump thing today. I think he probably has said that. He said things about his brain, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that he can't locate it. Some some people do. Hillary would, but I advise myself. Yeah, and he. Oh, well, actually, that's a very. That's almost a. Um, God, who was that? That was Tony Blair, wasn't it? Was it? Did who he said, say he advised himself? Yeah, he said I. You know, I asked myself about the, um, the 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 wisdom of going into the Iraq War with the Americans and. And then you go, oh, well, that's all right then, Tony. As long as you've checked with yourself, that's fine. Yeah. And as the expression goes, <laughs> you can't lose the Iraq war. You've already lost it. Yeah. So wow. uh, I'm afraid oh, that man. means you're down to 23%. No, 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 no. Oh, I've only slipped 2%. 20, yeah, yeah. It's oh, not too bad. Right. Yeah. So you still, you still can get... Over time, back uh, yeah, up yeah, to yeah, somewhere claw, near random claw, chance. Claw that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's only 2%. Oh, as the expression goes, you know, yeah, it's 1% between people. <laughs> so, podcast listeners, as the expression goes, I need your help to fool Mark. Uh, if you think you can make up a convincing fake Trump quote, then share this episode on Twitter. Include your quote and the hashtag fallacious Trump, and I'll pick the best one, and you'll be podcast famous. So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called A Perjury Trap is Not a Logical Fallacy. Mm-hmm. Because this is the part of the show where we want to talk about all the crazy stuff that's happening around Trump. Uh, but we have to pick one subject. Particularly crazy thing. <laughs> and yeah. this week we are talking about the, the latest movements of the of the Mueller investigation, yeah. particularly Manafort and Cohen in court and, and the things that have come out of that. Because Cohen this week has pleaded guilty. He's pleaded guilty previously to other things that were unrelated to the Russia investigation. But this time he's actually pleaded guilty to something that is specifically part of the Russia investigation. And therefore he becomes the 33rd person charged as part of the investigation, part of the witch hunt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, he has pleaded guilty to lying to Congress, basically. Right. Um, so he's basically when, saying it's true. I made it up. Yeah, he's okay. he's well. Trump is saying that he's lying now. Now that he lied, he didn't lie before, but now, now he's, he's lying. lying. He's, he's lying, lying about having lied. Yeah, he's lying now to to get a isn't that a two wrongs sentence. to make a right? Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So it, the 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 story is basically that when he spoke to Congress in 2017, right. he he claimed that a uh, a Russian real estate deal 
that Trump had been trying to put together in 2016 yeah. or 2015 to 2016 uh, finished in January 2016. Before the... Before yeah. he became the Republican nominee yeah. for president. Before all the primaries. Uh, and it was all put to bed. It didn't, in, you know, it never went any further uh, and it stopped in January 2016. He has now said that that deal, which is being reported as as building a Trump Tower in yeah. Moscow. But actually, it's not quite that. It's actually that a a building was being built anyway. And the, the, the deal that was going to be done was that they would put Trump's name on it, essentially. It would oh, okay. be a Trump building. Right. right. And they were going to pay him $100 million to have to his, his name, name on it, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. in Moscow. That's a lot per letter, it's isn't it? It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. That was the going to be the deal. Cohen initially said to Congress that it had stopped in January 2016. No further discussion had been had about it. He'd only right. spoken to Trump about it three times and and, and not to anyone else in the Trump organization. Yeah. And it was it was just not a thing. It hadn't really happened. Actually now he's saying that negotiations were still going on as late as June 2016, by which time Trump was the Republican yeah. nominee for president. Yeah. And that he had spoken to Trump more times than three times. Right, yeah. And he had spoken to other members of the Trump family, i.e. Ivanka, Don Jr., probably Eric as well. Yeah, yeah. And this was during a time when Trump said he had no dealings in Russia and they were trying to kind of soften the Republican Party's stance against Russia. And it all becomes very... Um, collusion-y uh, yeah. <laughs> about, about kind of the... the if the, not collusion itself, it's kind it's, of collusion-like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's also reports that they were going to give Putin the $50 million penthouse at the top right. of this 100-storey Yeah, because there's a bit building. where he kind of had got through to Putin's personal secretary in order to get a kind of endorsement for... To give the uh, the green light for yeah, the yeah, deal yeah, yeah. There's no doubt something. that this deal would have required uh, yeah. interaction with the Russian government and yeah. with with yeah. Um, with, with a, a great deal of uh, Russian input. Obviously, it being in Russia, yeah. Um, uh, but also, Trump would have been involved with loans from Russian banks yeah. and and things like this. Yeah. So it kind of puts Don Junior in the firing line a little bit and it um it directly links uh the people who were involved in the trump campaign to russians during the campaign during right. the like after the point where he'd said that they'd stopped and been and, yeah. and stopped yeah. talking about this kind of thing interestingly it also shows that cohen has been working with Mueller because he yeah, has yeah. he has got a deal he's pleaded guilty because he's got some kind of plea deal and previously, it looked like he wasn't dealing with Mueller. There, there had been no deal on the table before, because the deals that the pleas that he had made had been non-Mueller related. Yeah, they, they'd yeah. been referred to the the Southern District Court of New York. So that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> but the, but Trump is framing it as he's lying in order to get a deal. Yeah. Well, Trump is is doing his old thing of yeah. saying I didn't do it. And even if I had done it, it wouldn't be a crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I didn't do it. Yeah. But if I did, which I didn't, yeah. then it would, because I didn't do it, 
But even if I did, yeah, he's yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. he has has said that it's he, he was just a businessman doing business, perfectly happy doing business, no yeah. problem, just doing business, and he's perfectly allowed to do business while he was campaigning, and it was fine, yeah. and everyone knew about it anyway, and yeah, but he didn't yeah. do it. it no, didn't but I, didn't, no, I didn't do it. I didn't cover <laughs> it up, and uh, yeah, yeah, because it was all I was patently, completely blatant about the whole thing. And, yeah. and Giuliani brilliantly has claimed that neither of the two versions of Michael Cohen's story creates a problem with what the president has testified happened in. Because last right. week the president gave written answers to yeah. questions from yeah. Mueller, which seems to be probably the only testimony he's going to give in this right. case. He says yeah. he's not going to testify in person. Yeah, it's all written out. He, yeah, he, so he's he's had questions those. from Mueller's team and he's given written answers and and so in as part of that testimony Giuliani claims that neither the version of Michael Cohen's story where the Trump Tower in the Moscow Trump Tower deal stopped in January yeah or the one where it was continuing yeah. in June 2016 contradicts anything that Trump said okay well so that's the equivalent of saying yeah he didn't do anything wrong and even if he did it wasn't wrong kind yeah. of yeah, kind of. So, so, so the one. So, yeah. So it's this one or that one. It it doesn't matter because neither one will apply. What the hell? That's, <laughs> that's the other interesting thing that has happened this week with Miller is that they have voided Manafort's plea deal because oh, wow. Manafort previously had he he pled guilty to various crimes yeah. he accepted the 10 counts that that the jury had hung on previously yeah. and and not been able to reach a verdict on he he essentially pled guilty to those in exchange for a lighter sentence yeah 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 and there was asset forfeiture as well which which more than funded the entire yeah. Manafort inve- uh, yeah. Mueller investigation and this week Mueller has essentially announced that Manafort has been lying to the special counsel's team right. and therefore his All plea deal is off. void. So wow. he, the, the guilty pleas still stand, yeah. but they don't have to give him a reduced sentence now. Right. And wow. he's no longer working with them. Yeah. But the interesting thing about this is that Manafort's lawyer has been reporting back to Trump's legal team. Yeah. If you want to call it that. <laughs> Giuliani, <laughs> yeah. at least. Yeah. Which is interesting because they have a, they had a joint defence agreement, yeah. uh, which means that the lawyers get to interact with each other and get to talk about the strategy and things like that. But that kind of thing usually stops when one of the parties decides to work with the prosecution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't usually continue. Right. But apparently Manafort's lawyer has been reporting back to Giuliani and to Trump's team. Oh, wow. Uh, so what are the time. implications of that? Well... <laughs> <laughs> The interesting implications of that are that it has meant that the Trump team have thought they knew what was going on with the Mueller investigation. Right. There's no, this is speculation. Yeah. I think that Mueller realized fairly early on working with Manafort that Manafort was lying to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he realized that Manafort's lawyer was probably going to go back and talk to Trump because yeah. fairly early on, Giuliani started saying things about what was going on in the investigation that he could have only known from getting inside information. And there, there are yeah. no leaks coming out of Mueller's team. Yeah, this yeah. is this is kind of only coming from Manafort's lawyer. And 
It's interesting that this has happened, that this plea deal has been revoked and that Cohen has pled guilty just after the uh, written statements have come from Trump to go to Mueller. So here's what I think has happened. Right. I think that Manafort has been going back to Trump and saying, this is what I've told them. And Trump has based his written answers on what Manafort has said. Ah, okay. But Mueller knows Manafort's lying. Yeah. And he's just been waiting for Trump to write that stuff down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, nice. So now that he's got the written answers, he can say, "Eh, we know you've been lying. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. And it's the perjury trap that people have been talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where... Which is a bizarre thing because, you know, Giuliani has been saying this thing as, as if it's a, uh, you know, a thing that anyone can fall into. Yeah, yeah. You can only get it's caught like in a perfect trap, trap if you yeah. lie to a, to a federal <laughs> yeah. agent, yeah. a prosecutor. Yeah. No, it can happen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they've been waiting for Trump to actually testify. And he's now testified in writing. Yeah. Based, based I think, on what, on what information saying. he has had from what Manafort's yeah. been saying. yeah. So, so as far as he's concerned, at the, when he testified, when he wrote those things down, he's saying the same things as Manafort, yeah. so they're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. But Mueller has evidence that, that Manafort's making it all up. Those things. The, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. I'm, I'm yeah. very much speculating. I, I, yeah. uh, all we know at the moment is, and, uh, and it kind of post hoc again, prop Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about <laughs> the timings. We know that that the testimony went in uh, at the beginning of the week. And then Manafort's plea deal was revoked and Cohen pled guilty and uh, this stuff has come out. So yeah. it's possible that's a coincidence. It's possible that the timing is just weird and, and that's just happened like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if Mueller has had a plan. Is there, is there a, um, are there odds being offered by any kind of bookkeepers on on that? Because I was just wondering whether you can do the hasty generalisation from the small numbers. You know, if the numbers are getting smaller and smaller, it's like it's you know, the gap is you know where it's gone from fifteen to one that Trump has lied down to two to one. I mean, I don't, I don't think there was ever any doubt that Trump was going to lie. Yeah. That's why he hasn't been able to sit down with Mueller face to face. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because basically, the, his legal team, right before Gianni, was complaining yeah. that he couldn't even tell a single lie. Yeah. That that you know that would be leapt on and and yeah and yeah just yeah because, that's the yeah. point you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to I lie can't even, can't even do one <laughs> yeah no you're not allowed even one yeah. you know even one the job that you're in there's no such thing as a little white lie yeah uh, no you can't just can't do that it comes with the territory you know whereas all the business thing that you've done before you can lie through your teeth and everyone and, just and they did that. practice work with him. Yeah. To, to try and see what it would what? be like if he sat yeah. down with Muller. And and he couldn't get through it without <laughs> telling a lie. So they knew that it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And and they went to, to Muller and said, look, this isn't we're not gonna we're not gonna have him sit down with you. Yeah. And so that's why he's had them he's wow. written them down. And he claimed on TV last week that, that he'd written all of the answers himself. They were very yeah. easy answers. He didn't yeah, need yeah, yeah. like legal yeah, advice. He on knows them. all the best words. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, wow. we shall find out. And so the interesting even, thing is, Muller will get to write a memorandum about what lies he thinks Manafort has told okay. during this period. Yeah, that will be public record. So, while the new Attorney General Matthew Whitaker possibly might be able to seal or suppress the Manafort the, the Muller report when it comes yeah. out, we don't know yet. Yeah, 
this won't be sealable. This will be right. stuff that that is is. Uh, and then, if out. there's any correlation between that and what Trump has said, it will become apparent that Trump has been yeah lying. It will in the be same fairly way. obvious. And 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 Mueller has a, a uh, an interesting way of writing his right. his summaries of what's going on yeah. and including details that don't necessarily need to be in there. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the, in the plea deal that has come out about Cohen, for example, they have laid out a timeline of meetings that Cohen had planned to have in Russia about this right. real estate deal. Yeah. And he was apparently talking to uh, another individual, Felix Sater, who is a, a, a Russian emigre into the, the U S who has a bit of a mobster. Mm-hmm. He's, he's informed for the FBI against the Russian mob. Okay. Uh, and, and was apparently helping to set up this, this Russian real estate deal. He was trying to get Cohen to, to visit Russia and talk to the major players about this deal. And ideally hoping to get Trump to come after the, uh, primaries yeah. to, to talk to them. Cohen was fully planning to go. And on the day, that it was first publicly mentioned that Russia had been hacking the DNC's yeah. emails. Cohen met Sater in the lobby of Trump Tower yeah. and said, uh, "I'm not. I'm not actually going to go to Russia now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not going to. Ha- we're not going to be doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah. That that timeline was in Mueller's report about uh, Cohen's pleading. Uh, so uh, that doesn't uh, need to be in there. No, it's in, it's no, in no. there so that we can see the connections that he's yeah, making yeah. between. Um, Cohen and the Russians and yeah. Trump and the Russians and this whole system. So there might be some interesting information that comes out from that memorandum yeah. uh, about what Manafort mm. has been saying and what Trump has been saying. Yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. The votes are finally in and the Democrats picked up a total of 40 House seats and one with the largest midterm vote margin in history. And that's actual history, not Trump's version, where nobody's ever done as much winning as him. Speaking of winning, General Motors is laying off 15% of its workers and closing five factories in the US and Canada, partly due to the $1 billion they've lost due to the steel tariffs. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, tweeted, we'll do everything we can to help the families affected by this news get back on their feet. Whilst Trump tweeted... We're now looking at cutting all GM subsidies, including for electric cars, because revenge is way more fun than helping people. According to Donald, Ivanka and just about every Republican spokesman, Ivanka's use of a private email account to conduct official government business is absolutely nothing like Hillary's use of a private email account to conduct official government business. And anyone who says they're the same is just crazy. Just because she sent hundreds of emails to cabinet officials, White House aides and her assistant does not mean you should chant lock her up next time you see her. No, don't do that. We don't encourage you to do that at all. Trump is still working his way through his copy of Dictatorship for Dummies and it looks like he's reached the chapter on propaganda because during one of his daily Twitter attacks on CNN this week, he proposed starting a state-run TV network to tell the world how great he is which probably puts Fox News' nose out of joint because they thought their audition tape meant that they were definitely a shoe-in for the job. The confirmation of Trump judicial nominee Thomas Farr to the Eastern District of North Carolina is not going so smoothly, with Senator Jeff Flake refusing to confirm any nominees until the government agrees to protect the Mueller investigation and all Democrats voting against. It would be a tie vote, 
but for the fact that Senator Tim Scott has announced he will vote to oppose. Nobody knows why exactly, but it could have something to do with the fact that Senator Scott is the only African-American senator in the GOP and Thomas Farr is a white supremacist who fights against civil rights. Yeah, it could be. According to psychologists, men who are worried they might have small dicks are more likely to have voted for Trump. A pair of New York University psychologists studied the regional levels of Google searches for terms such as penis enlargement, penis size, erectile dysfunction and how to get girls compared the result to the regional voting trends in 2016-2018 and found a strong correlation. If you listen to the last episode, you'll know not to assume a causative link, but it would explain a few things. The government chose Black Friday to quietly release a federally mandated report on climate change, which began, Earth's climate is now changing faster than at any point in the history of modern civilization, primarily as a result of human activities. But nobody panic, because Trump says it's fine. He told the Washington Post, One of the problems that a lot of people, like myself, we have very high levels of intelligence, but we're not necessarily such believers. So... You just have to choose who to believe. The scientists of the 13 federal agencies that make up the US Global Change Research Programme with their facts and evidence, or people like Donald Trump with their very high levels of intelligence. So a great cartoon of uh, the Titanic sinking, and there are people at the far end um, as the end is going up, and they're going, I don't know what all this talk about sinking is. We seem to be going higher. <laughs> yes. After Trump claimed that President Nenisto of Finland had told him that they rake the forest floors to prevent forest fires, everyone in Finland made fun of Trump on Twitter, posting photos of themselves sweeping, raking and vacuuming the forest with hashtags such as rake news and rake America great again. Must feel great for Trump to be respected again all over the world. So uh, that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. If you hear Trump say something stupid and wonder if it's a fantasy, find us on Twitter at Fallacious Trump or email us on pod at fallaciousTrump.com. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump. Like our newest patron, Neil Kerlogue. Yay! Thanks, Neil. That's fantastic. Thanks for finding us and for sponsoring us and patronising us. That's great. And you can connect with us and other listeners in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump, where we'll post some links to some of the stuff we've talked about. Oh, music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. After Trump claimed that the president... Wow, Nisto or Nister or Ni Nisto. Anyway, after Trump claimed that that President Nisto, I have to admit, I did put in the president of Finland's name just to see how you would pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, it's got an umlaut on the O, so it needs to be an U. Uh, it's probably it's um, Nister. Oh yeah. Oh okay. That's how Nia. Yeah, of course it is. Nister. Yeah. Um, and, and this, incidentally, is how Trump pronounced it. Okay. It is my great honor to welcome President Ninucho <laughs> to the White House. <laughs>
And if wow. you watch that video, it is yeah. absolutely brilliant because he steps up to the podium. Yeah, and, and there's it. this look on his face, like, "Oh crap, I have to, <laughs> I have to pronounce this guy's name now." And then, and then he thinks that everybody <laughs> that's got N's and I's in the name must be Japanese. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, it's got to be a, a new <laughs> It's got to be an U in there. 